I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life they come, and the road ahead gets steep, I will lift these hands in faith, I will believe. I remind myself of all that you've done, and the life I have because of your son. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours. I am forever yours. When my heart is filled with hope, every promise comes my way. When I feel your hands of grace rest upon me. Staying desperate for you, God, staying humble at your feet, I will lift these hands in praise, I will believe. I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your Son. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. Yes, I am yours, I am yours. All my days, Jesus, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours. All my days, Jesus, I am yours. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours. I am forever yours. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, I remind my soul, I am yours. I am forever yours. Yeah, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. Jesus, I am yours. Yours, I'm yours forever. I'm yours, I'm yours forever. I'm yours, I'm yours forever more. I'm yours, I'm yours forever. I'm yours, I'm yours forever. I'm yours, I'm yours forever more.
world is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus King of endless worth no one could express how much you deserve though I'm weak and poor all I have is yours every single breath I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it when it's all about you all about you Jesus all about you hallelujah Jesus
everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. covers 
me. Thank you, Jesus, your blood covers me. And your grace, Lord, he loves us, he loves us so. so thankful that your grace has flowed down flowed down to all through all generations Lord but I'm so very thankful Lord that that grace has flowed down flowed down to me to each one of us Lord that it's specific that you know us by name and that grace is sufficient for each of our sins And Lord, I praise you today that you are the Lord of heaven and earth. And Lord, we have the opportunity to praise and worship you today, to give you all the honor and glory that's due your name. And even then, you you deserve so much more, Lord. Lord, I think we really come short when we try to understand what you've spared us from. Being accountable for our own sins to paying that penalty with our lives, Lord. Spending an eternity separated from you. So Lord, help us never to take for granted the grace that you've extended us through the love of your Son. Lord, we praise you today. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Thank you for the blood that washes us, cleans us. Helps us to be white as snow as we stand before you because of your Son, Jesus Christ. We praise you today, Lord God. Blessed be your name. Holy is your name. Alleluia. 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 Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray now as we prepare to go to your word that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, help us by your Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit quicken your word. Apply it to our lives. Show us those areas of our lives where we need to apply it, where we need to make changes, where we need to let you in and to give up self, to be more like you. Lord, you have our very best in mind. You desire to see us grow and to become more like you. And so, Lord, help us to yield to the work of your Holy Spirit. And I ask too, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would help me to speak these words clearly and understandable and in the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Lord, 
I just praise you. I thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning, uh, the title of our message is Be Quiet, Be Still. Or depending on your translation, you might say, <clears throat> Peace, Be Still. And so, um, we're going to talk about that. I wanna, we're going to talk about a, a trip that Jesus and the disciples made across uh, the Sea of Galilee uh, that uh, really um, I think has a lot of application as you see what happens, you see what transpires, you see the things, how the disciples react uh, to that situation. Uh, so we can see a lot of ourselves, I think, in, in that uh, in how we... Uh, how God sees us, I think, in a lot of ways in, in our faith today, our walk. Um, it's never fun to be in a storm. And in our text today, the, the disciples, they end up in a storm. And uh, I've never been on a big lake, big like the sea or the oceans. But there's a lake in North Dakota that we used to spend some time fishing on. It's called Devil's Lake. And it's a big lake. And... North Dakota is a lot like Wyoming. The wind can come up. But we were caught in a storm in a little fishing boat when our kids were just little kids, like little kids. And, and yeah, Rhonda was pregnant with one. And so, and we had our uh, Rhonda's brother with us. So our little boat was full. And we were fishing. We were anchored out. There's a high line, high line poles that go across the lake. So there's these little kind of mini islands out there around these towers and sometimes often some good fishing and we were kind of absorbed into fishing and, and Rhonda kind of pointed to the to the horizon and the clouds that were coming and you could see something coming that typically you know didn't look quite right or didn't look real well but yet where we were at it wasn't real a change in weather but all of a sudden that storm hit and it was windy, and the waves came up. And on Devil's Lake, the lake is big enough that the, the lake, the the waves get to be good-sized waves. And so all of a sudden, we realized we shouldn't be out here in our little boat. And so we had two anchors out, and Rhonda pulled up one. I started the motor and took off and cut the other one off, just left it in the lake because we were just in a hurry. And we could barely keep progressing against the waves because we had to go into the w waves. And it was kind of a, a peninsula. And we had to go out around and into the bigger part of the lake where the bigger waves were at to get to the dock. And, and it was, we could see that we weren't going to make that. Yeah. So we went to shore. And keep in mind that she's pregnant. We got all these kids, little kids. And at that time, tall grass, and the tall grass is infested with wood ticks. And so we make it to shore, which was good, and the ticks at that point were, seemed minor. 
uh, and so our plan was, because it was a little fishing boat, we took the motor off and we drug the boat across this little peninsula, which wasn't real far, you know, it, it wasn't real big. Uh, so we did that and we got on that side and then it was much calmer over there. And so we could make it to shore or to the, to the dock. But when you think about a storm like that and, you, and you're caught in it and, and the, all of a sudden the realization hits you that, you know, you're in, you're in trouble. You shouldn't be out here and have your entire family with you and, you know, and, and the potential of loss and disaster that could have happened. Everybody had life jackets on. You know, we, we, we were smart enough to do that. But even so, it, it's, you know, when a storm hits and how you react to it and, and what you do in those times uh, is, is um, very much... Trust your test your faith uh, helps you to just realize uh, how vulnerable you can be sometimes in situations and how fast things can go from nice and enjoyable afternoon to all of a sudden this is serious and we're in trouble very quickly and that's kind of what happens with the disciples they they find themselves in a place like that and let's go to our text Matthew or Mark chapter four and verses thirty five through 41. You can find this account in, in uh, Matthew and Luke as well. But I chose this, this one for a reason, and we'll, we'll get to it in a bit. But let's begin reading at verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus said, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the, wave, then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Lord, I thank you for the wor this word, and I pray that, Lord, that we too can come to the understanding of who it is that the waves and the wind obey. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My point this morning is this, that peace will come in the storm only when you know Jesus and His power and His authority over the storm. We need to know who Jesus is. If we don't, I really think we fail to put our complete faith and trust in Him. So, if we want peace, if we want to be in the midst of that storm and have peace, we need to have a full, deep trust in Jesus Christ. So let's talk about a few things in regards to our text uh, that uh, we can definitely apply to our life today. So let's talk first about before the storm. What had happened before that kind of set up what was uh, our main part of our text. 
And that would be verses 35 and 36 again. But Jesus had been teaching the crowds, multitudes. He, the, the, you know, as Jesus taught, he gathered a lot of people. A lot of people came, listened, and, and a lot of people wanted and were pressing in. And so Jesus had gotten into a little boat just off the shore, just kind of to use as a, a platform or a separation from the crowds and to be able to uh, minister or speak from there. And, and this happened just offshore near uh, Capernaum. And so they were kind of on the north end of the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Tiberias, depending on your translation, you'll see either one. But they, that was the setting. Jesus had taught, ministered all day. And towards evening, he tells his disciples, let's go over to the other side. So that's kind of the setting. And it's, and it's some scholars believe that the boat that Jesus was teaching out of was probably a smaller boat because it could be closer to shore than, than a bigger boat may have been. And so it may not have been the best boat or choice to sail across the lake in, but it says that they decided to use the boat that they were in. Rather than probably risk going someplace, getting a different boat, and you know risk running into crowds of people again, and uh, they just decide. And Jesus says, "Let's just let's just go," and so they decide to to go uh, and do what Jesus says. And so they sailed with no no provisions, no preparations. Um, and and you can kind of see that, and, and it's partly why I chose this account in Mark uh, where it says that in verse 36 it says, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. So they, they didn't go change boats. They didn't, they didn't uh, gather a lot of things to make this journey. They just decided that they were going to go. But notice it is Jesus that decides to do this. This isn't the, the, the disciples' idea to do this. Jesus says that in verse 35. Let's go over to the other side. <clears throat> now, you have to understand, if, if Jesus made this decision, Jesus, being God, Son of God, would know very well what, what's going to happen. He's aware of everything that's going to happen. So, as he decides to do this, the disciples obviously trusting him, do what he says. They get in the boat and they take off. Now, in my thinking, it seems like, you know, if, if Jesus, and I'm sure the disciples probably had some involvement in things, um, Throughout the day, they were probably as tired as Jesus was. And <clears throat> Jesus ends that, and he wants to go across the lake. Seeming like maybe this would be some downtime. You know, just a little time to kind of relax or to kind of be refreshed. Jesus, he goes in the back of the boat, has no problem falling asleep. And you see that. But... If you read more, you, you read around this, and you look at this whole picture, um, 
really there was no downtime. Because when Jesus left Capernaum and he sailed, he was, they sailed across the lake, they sailed across the long end of the lake, about 13 miles. The lake is about 7 miles wide, 13 long. And so they're, it's a fair journey um, that they're, they're taking off on. And so, and as you, if you read beyond our text, you see there's a purpose why Jesus did that. Because he was going to meet an individual who was demon-possessed. And if you remember about Jesus healing the, the man that was demon-possessed and casting the demons into a herd of swine or uh, pigs, and they ran down into the lake, and they all drowned, about 2,000 of them, uh, that was created quite a stir. And so Jesus went from ministering in Capernaum down to minister to that individual. and, and uh, But in between there is the boat trip. And that's really not downtime. Now Jesus is ministering, I think, to his disciples. That journey became a test of their faith, their test of their faith in him. And understand that most of these disciples, or a good share of them, were seasoned fishermen. They had grew up fishing. They grew up on a lake. They, they were aware of the lake and the, that setting. The uh, Sea of Galilee, I think, is 680 feet below sea level. And so there's hills up above, and the wind comes down and can come up quickly, and, and the wind becomes... Uh, can become fierce quickly. And that's what happened. And the text says that it was a fierce uh, squall that came upon them. Enough that these these seasoned fishermen seemed to panic because of what was happening and what they were experiencing. And so you look at this, this picture of what's happening. I think that the details of this text parallels life today quite closely. How things can all of a sudden get out of hand, like I was talking about our experience on our little fishing boat, or the things that are going on in our world today, that all of a sudden things just seem to be off the charts, things are out of hand in many regards, like there's no boundaries anymore on what we might expect or not expect. Uh, you know, things are really, um, you know, they're just very difficult to try to figure this all out. And so as we're in the midst of this and, and you know, if, if we're not careful and if we listen to just the news and what's being said or social media, we can get caught up in things that cause us to have somewhat of a panic-type reaction. And, and, and we can find ourselves in a place very much like the disciples. All of a sudden, it seems like um, even though we have faith and we've been Christians for a long time, all of a sudden, it seems to be challenged and stretched and pushed beyond limits that we've ever had before. But we have to understand Jesus has full knowledge of the storm that you're in or you will be in. 
Just like he was very much aware when they sailed in that boat what was going to happen. That storm that came up was not a surprise to him. It was probably to the disciples, but not to Jesus. And we have to understand that he has authority over the storm as well. Just like we saw, see in our text, Jesus has authority over your storm. Whatever that is, he has authority over it. We don't always know how he's going to, or what he's going to do in the midst of that storm. That's him, his choice, his sovereignty in doing that. Um, but it's very important for you and I to understand Jesus' knowledge and his presence regarding storms in your life and my life before they happen. They don't catch Jesus off guard. They are, Jesus is very much aware of those things. So let's move on into the storm, being in the storm. Verses 37 and 38. And I'll reread those. It says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? So if, you under, you know, if you're out <clears throat> in a good-sized body of water, and the water's coming over the boat, and it's filling up, and you're afraid it's going to swamp, it could, yeah, I can understand why they might have panicked. It didn't look good for them. But we have to understand that Jesus' choice to go from Capernaum down to the southern part of the lake uh, where he was going to meet this demon-possessed man, that was, that was part of his purpose. They didn't, Jesus didn't just randomly sail across the lake somewhere. He had a, a purpose. He was at a destination in mind that he was going to go to. And so if you read, Jesus ministered to that man. He set him free. Where before the man was demon-possessed, he lived in the tombs, they, nobody could do anything with him. They couldn't even hold him with chains because he broke them. And so this man was tormented. And I'm sure that man greatly appreciated Jesus coming and setting him free. And so there was that purpose for that. So it's, it's during their journey to meet this individual that Jesus or that the disciples find themselves in a storm. And it's important to always keep in mind that your storm may be in the middle of someone else's storm. You know, when things seem to be gone haywire in your life, that may be right in the middle of somebody else's storm. can't imagine what that individual that Jesus set free, the demon-possessed man, what his life must have been like, what, he, what his every day was like. But in the midst of his storm and ministering to him, Jesus ministers to his disciples on the lake in the boat. 
And so how, y how your storm works out may impact someone else's storm. We don't always think about that, probably. I know I don't. If things get really intense in my life, I'm lucky to cover all the bases in my own life, let alone be real concerned about you know what is going on around me, what you know my reaction, what my actions are in in the storm, how that's going to impact other people around me. It, it's hard to do that. It's very hard to do that because we get focused on our situation and and it's 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 important and it's hard not to. Take your eyes off of it. And that's why it's so important that we keep Jesus in the middle of the storm. Because He knows He can, he, he can deal with all of these things that are all happening at the same time, all intertwined and one affecting the other. And, and everything has a, a purpose that's happening. I, don't, I really believe that there's nothing that's recorded in the Bible that is there just to fill the pages. It's there for a reason. It's there to, for us to, to be able to glean and, and to apply in our lives. Now, if you look at verse 38, the disciples ask a question you and I have probably asked many times. Don't you care if we, they use the word drowned, but we could easily put in there, don't you care if I'm sick? Don't you care if I'm, if I die, if I'm suffering? You know, those questions, when we see things happening and, and the storm is raging and you, you just wonder why, where is God at in the midst of that storm? It's a, it's a question that can easily come up and we have to deal with it. But we also have to keep in mind that Jesus looks at storms completely different than we do. From his viewpoint, a storm, the storm that we're viewing from our side looks very different from his side, how he looks at it. What causes fear and concern in us from the storm does not cause fear and concern for Jesus. It's totally different. And why? Because he has authority over the storm. He can calm it if he chooses to. Or he can do whatever he wants. He may just choose to go with us through the storm. But having that power and authority over a situation changes how you look at a situation. I can remember when I was young. We were living in Minnesota. Um, it's where I actually started grade school at in, in, in Gonvick, Minnesota. But we lived probably 20-some miles from there. And we, we were, at the time, we were raising sheep. We had a lot of sheep. At least it seemed like a lot of sheep to me. And if you have a lot of sheep, raising a lot of sheep, you end up with bottle lambs. And we had bottle lambs. And they were always kind of fun to feed them. We'd have old pop bottles and get nip, nipples and mix up their milk and you have to go out and feed them. Well, my cousins came to visit. My cousins were not uh, used to, they didn't live on a farm, they lived in town. And they were all younger than I was, am. And uh, 
There were three of them, and so they were really excited to go out and feed these these lambs with us. And so I gave each one of them a bottle, and so we went out in the pen to feed them. Well, these bottle lambs get pretty excited at feeding time. They look forward to their to their milk. And so when we step into the pen, these lambs just overwhelm my cousins. They think <laughs> they're in the lion's den, and these these lambs are just, they knock them down. They're just trying to get to these bottles that they have. Of course, they don't see it that way. They see them as vicious and aggressive. <laughs> they're attacking them, and <laughs> they're on their backs looking up at them because they're standing over them trying to get to the bottle, the, the milk that they want. You know, <clears throat> I wasn't afraid because I knew what was going to happen. I mean, I understood that they wanted the milk. They, they, they weren't there to try to harm anybody. They just wanted the milk. But my cousins, they, they didn't see it that way. So we start over, and we did a, did a little different for them. We put them on the outside the fence and fed the lambs through the fence, and that worked pretty good because then the lambs couldn't knock them down and they could focus on getting them the bottle. And so because it was completely new to them, you know, they, 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 didn't, they, they looked at the situation a whole lot different than I did or really what the situation was. You know, the, the lambs had no intention of hurting them. They just wanted the milk that they had. Um, and sometimes I think when Jesus looks at our situations, he may see us maybe in that same light. The situation to us looks harmful and it looks like, you know, this is, this is bad. But from his point of view, it may not be that way. He understands the situation. He understands the purpose and what he's wanting to come out of that situation. And really it's a good thing for us if we can be focused on, on him and, and, and understand that he has our best interest in, the, in us and he's not going to set us up to get hurt or to be overwhelmed by anything. But we, we have to just really be able to trust him in those situations. So let's talk about the calm that came after the storm. Verses 39 through 41. It says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the waves died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Why do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now I'm sure the disciples sighed a big sigh of relief when Jesus spoke to the waves and the wind and it got calm. And it's one, I mean, if you think about this, you think about the tsunamis and the things what happened from earthquakes and how the energy that's created in those types of things, the waves and the earthquakes, how that can carry across in, in waves for thousands of miles and how Jesus can speak to it and, and these waves that had been created on the, this lake all of a sudden were just calm. That in itself is a real miracle. Not to mention the wind, but for the wind to die down and to be calm. 
And I'm sure the disciples were just like, boy, I'm glad that was over. Because the boat's probably about half full of water by now or more. They're soaking wet and, you know, just just kind of badly uh, stressed because of everything that has happened. But yet, in the midst of all of that, Jesus sleeps through the storm. Maybe it was just that Jesus was so tired he he just didn't matter. He could have slept through anything. But I don't think that's the case. I really think that Jesus slept through the storm because he had peace. He knew that he could calm the storm if he needed to. He He knew that the storm was subject to him. He had authority over it. Storms in our life would have a totally different meaning if we knew we could calm them at any point. We would look at storms a whole lot differently. Trials and difficulties, and it's like when they get to a certain point and we don't want to do this anymore, we just say, that's enough. We wouldn't look at storms and trials like we do. We would look at them totally different. But in verse 40, Jesus asked his disciples two questions. Why are you so afraid and do you still have no faith? The first question I think is understandable, what had happened and what they just come through. But the second points to the purpose of the storm, I believe. And it's why I believe that the storm had a purpose. Because you notice there's a word in there that says, do you still have no faith? Jesus had been teaching his disciples. They had witnessed miracles after miracles, feeding people, healing people. And yet, in this storm, they seem to think that Jesus didn't have control of it, didn't know what was happening. So what we do or how we react during the storm is really a barometer of our faith. When we get tested in something, that's when we really know how much faith we have. And I think at times we really need to discover the amazement of his disciples in 41 verse 41 when they say who is this even the wind and the waves obey him <coughs> now <clears throat> you can kind of read between the lines there a little bit i think it, it seems to me the disciples had become accustomed they they knew jesus could heal people they could feed people and, and he could deal with people and the miraculous But the wind and the waves, those natural elements, that seemed to be outside of what they thought Jesus could do. So this experience, this storm, took them to a a new dimension, a new level of faith as far as understanding Jesus' power and his authority. In Psalm 89 and verses 7 through 9, 
the psalmist writes about uh, an aspect of God. It points to the almightiness of him. Beginning in 7, it says, In the counsel of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. And so there's another picture of, of the storm, though it may be fierce and intense. It has no comparison to God. God has still power and authority over it. And so until we can come to grips with Jesus' complete authority, He will continue to be asking us, do you still have no faith? Whatever is in your life or whatever you might come up against, do, do you have the faith to believe it's within God's hands? Or is Jesus going to have to, in the midst of the storm, say, do you still have no faith? Because we panic. Because we're taking our eyes off of Him. And we put our eyes on the storm. Um, something else to note here, especially from the viewpoint of the disciples, is that Jesus seemed to not care about their circumstances. He was sleeping. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I know there's times when we're facing a storm that it feels like Jesus is sleeping. It's like, you know, we'd like to, you know, it just doesn't feel like he's hearing our prayers, he's not reacting, he's, it just seems like he's a long ways away. Like he's in the back of the boat sleeping and he's not aware of what's going on in our lives. But be assured that Jesus is very much aware of all of our, all of our storms. He knows them. And he does not sleep through them, even though it might appear that way to us. Psalm 107, 28 through 29 Says, then he says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. He, the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. He guided them to their desired haven. That's the picture that we gotta, we've got to have in our life. That's the kind of, of peace we can have in our lives. If we understand who Jesus is and his ability to calm the storm. And I think it's sometimes good that we stop and we really assess and, and just realize who it is that he does have power and authority over the storm. And I'm going to just read between the lines, and this is just my thoughts here. But I really think that if, Jesus, if the disciples had sailed through this storm, made it to their destination, not panicked, not called on Jesus, 
and they made it there, though the boat was probably half full of water and they were soaking wet and it had been a harrowing experience. Jesus would have commended them for their faith. I think he would have because they, they had stood, they had believed. Jesus said, go to the other side. They went, despite the storm. But that's just, that's just my thoughts or my opinion in that area. But I want to look closer at this text in another application, applying it in a different way. If you go back to verse 39, it says, He got up, he, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still, or peace, be still. Then the wind, wave, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. When Jesus said, quiet, be still, or peace, be still, to the storm, and there came a complete calm, there's times Jesus does that to the storm that rages around us. He does that. But there's also a time when he calms another storm. It's not the storm that rages around us, but it's the storm that's going on in here, inside the turmoil and the doubt and you know as as we're trying to process all of this and deal with the things that are going on there's a storm raging inside of us that there's a this battle that's going on in our faith and the enemy coming against us and temptations and doubts and there's there's just a lot going on inside So when we, when we find ourselves in that storm, remember that Jesus may not calm the storm out there, around us, but he may calm the storm that's going on inside. And the storm outside, around us, may still continue. But when he calms that storm inside of us, we can have peace. There's a peace and a calm that comes to our hearts, to our spirits to our life, to our situation, that we can deal with what's going on. And I think we need that tremendously today. When we see all these things happening that we have never seen before, we don't have to panic. We don't have to uh, give up hope. If we seek Him, if we give it over to Him, He will calm our hearts. He will give us a peace in the middle of this storm. And sometimes we, we may not know how He does that, how it will turn out, what it will look like in the end. But we do know that He'll take care of it. He gives us that assurance. And so we're, we're willing to trust Him in that. And sometimes we just got to be like Israel. When Moses was leading Israel out of Egypt and Pharaoh had finally let him go and they left and then he changed his mind and he caught up with them at the edge of the Red Sea. Their backs were to the sea. The Egyptian army was bearing down on them. And... Moses told the Egyptian or told the Israelites in Exodus 14:14 14, 14, he says the Lord will fight for you you need only to be still and sometimes we need to just be still 
and accept God's peace, accept what God's doing in our lives, and trust Him, even though we don't know what's going to happen. Until that Red Sea parted, the Israelites had no idea, and it looked very grim. But all of a sudden, they had a, a dry route across the sea, and they were free. And sometimes we need to do that. We just need to trust God and be still and let God be God and do what He's going to do. And He will fight for us. And it's the same for you and I today. God will fight for you however He knows best. But we have to have faith in Him that He has control of the storm. Because if we don't think He's got control of the storm, it's going to be very difficult to trust Him. We will never experience the peace inside if we never know absolutely that He has the ability, the authority to calm the storm. So we need to hear Him say, Be still and calm. I am with you in your storm. We need to be able to get to that place. To have a depth of faith that we can stand on despite the storm that's raging around us. He might, he might calm that storm around us. He might not. But I know He will calm the storm within us by taking us through there. His presence, His closeness, the Holy Spirit that He gives us, we will not have to deal with it on our own. So remember that peace will come in the storm only when you know Jesus and His power and His, and His authority over the storm. He has a peace unlike we'll find anywhere in the world or from the world. His peace is unique. And it is powerful. So Jesus is in the storm with you. Never doubt that. Never doubt that. Jesus cares about you and what you're going through more than you can possibly know. That's why he went to the cross. Died for your sins so that you could spend eternity with him. He loves you that much. If he was willing to do that, be assured he's willing to calm your storm. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I praise you, Lord God, that we can trust you and we know that and we see from our text and, and many others, that you are, you are in the midst of the storm with all of us, that you will take us through the storm, and that these storms have purposes. And if we will yield to you and let you work in our lives through them, we will become stronger and strengthened, and we will, become, uh, we will, we will attain a faith that is greater than before we experienced the storm. It's a testing and refining, and it's, and it's good. We may not like it. It may not be what we want. But I know, Lord, that you have our best interest at heart. And so, Lord, when we face these storms, help us. Help us, Lord, to know that you're in the storm, that you have control of the storm, and you will do whatever is necessary 
to achieve the purposes that you have for our lives and the storms that come are part of your plans and purposes. And so, Lord, be with each one of us. Our lives are different. Our journeys are different. Our storms are different. But you're sufficient for all. Your grace is sufficient. And so, Lord, may we live in peace today and tomorrow and for as long as you tarry, Lord. I just ask, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith, help us to stand upon the faith that you've given us. And so, Lord, I praise you and I thank you today. We ask all in Jesus' name. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The altars are open. If you would like to prayer, we would like to pray with you for whatever need. If it's in regards to the message or just physical healing, we believe God is still in the healing business. So if you would like prayer, come and we will we will pray uh, for for that uh, at this time. <clears throat>